Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about understanding different Bible translations. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about what Christians need to understand about Bible translations. And this puts us in a unique position because the scriptures themselves, they don't address the issue of translation in much detail. The Bible was originally written in languages that were easily understood by its first audiences, including vocabulary and figures of speech and grammatical structures. And some of it was written in simple language. Some of it is more complex. And just as we see in our English translations, both very simple and very complex ideas are expressed. But nevertheless, all of it was written with the expectation that it could be understood and applied to the Christian's life. We know that all scripture is God-breathed, meaning it came through his lips. None of it was thought up by man alone. And it's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. None of it was written with the intention of being ununderstandable. It has a purpose, and that purpose is to transform our lives. But today, no one speaks the languages that the Bible was written in in the same way anymore. Without a, a great deal of study beforehand, no one picks up the biblical manuscripts and reads them appropriately. You know, perhaps for many of us, that would be a worthwhile goal to reach for, but it is ambitious. And even after we have a, a decent grasp of, of Hebrew and Aramaic and, and Koine Greek, we still need outside help and, and lots of concentration to appropriately translate every ancient phrase. You know, I like to study the Greek, but I fully recognize that I don't know nearly enough to rely on my own knowledge there. I use a lot of outside resources to work through it, and, and that's slow, and it would greatly hinder my daily study if that's all I did. And so we're left with translations. You may have noticed that we have switched versions here on the podcast. We were using the NIV and now we're using the New King James Version. And there isn't really any deep reason behind that beyond I moved to a new work with a, a new congregation and I'm using the New King James in my preaching here. Now, while that wasn't a switch of much significance for us, and while the scriptures, they don't address the future translations in much depth, this is an issue that has caused a lot of discord and a lot of concern and a lot of attention because we know it's important. God revealed his mind to us. He revealed the gift of eternal life and it, it, how we can be saved and how we can glorify God. They're all detailed in the scriptures. So it's not good enough to have a muddled picture of that. We want to understand the original absolute truth and nothing less. And that's why that's what we want to root ourselves in, not some man's opinion. Now, the good news is we can do that. And while we talk about the benefits and the restrictions of certain translations, we should not forget that. We can do a really in-depth study of how the Bible is translated, and I mean really in-depth. There's a lot to this, and we'll barely scrape the surface today. And we can question which translation is best in which circumstances. And I'm sure after this episode, I'll get a few messages of people touting their favorite translation. And while I won't tell you which ones I prefer today, I have no doubt that there are some that are better than others. But the bottom line is we can understand God's word 
from our English translations. It's great if we learn the original languages, but that does not need to be a prerequisite to salvation. We can learn what we must do to glorify God in our own language, in virtually every other language spoken today, which is a whole other topic about the reliability of translations outside of English. But don't let me go too far on a tangent. Our English translations, especially the ones used the most often, are by and large reliable. That doesn't mean that there aren't errors in the various translations. There are errors in, in all of them. You know, some are better than others, but they all have their flaws. But when you compare them, you will very rarely find differences that actually change the meaning of the text. So for those of us who are not fluent in all of the Bible languages, we rely on translations that are generally true to their original sources. But all translations, whether we're talking about ancient biblical text or, or trying to read modern day foreign newspapers, all translations lose something. You know, different cultures have different ways of thinking about things and figures of speech to go along with that. We have different needs for vocabulary. Linguistics looks at all of that. For instance, if a community lives by a body of water, they probably are going to develop a, a vocabulary for all the different fish they catch. And whereas a community that's far away from that water may be able to just get by saying that's a fish. They don't have to uh, distinguish between all of them. And so they don't need the vocabulary to do so. And so today, 2000 years later and halfway across the world, you have to imagine that people here in Indiana, where I am, might have a slightly different outlook and vocabulary than the Israelites did. You know, any translation has to take the thoughts from that time and push them into a language that I can understand today without losing the original purpose. And that's not an easy task. And the people who do this are very good at it generally. But we can see why any one translation is going to be inferior to the original source. Doesn't matter how trusted a translation is, who uses it, or how long it's been used. All of our English versions of the Bible suffer this inherent shortcoming of translation. But short of immersing yourself completely in ancient culture and an ancient language, there is a simpler solution to rooting ourselves in God's word as it was originally written, even in English. You know, because while all translations are prone to lose something in the process of translation, translators, they often work in committees. So there are multiple inputs to try to prevent bias when possible. And the way they coordinate all of those different translators is to come up with a cohesive work by establishing a philosophy to start with. And you can usually find that philosophy described in the first few pages of your Bible. And some of these philosophies, they're uh, more detailed, but we have time today to talk about the two main camps, word-to-word -word and dynamic equivalent. You know, word-to-word, -word, or you might have heard it called formal translation because it sticks to the form of the original. They try to use the English equivalents of the words and the structure, the grammatical structure in the original languages with the goal of accuracy, even if readability suffers. On the other end of the spectrum is the dynamic equivalent camp or functional translations. And these try to preserve the original understanding of the text and prioritize readability, which comes at the price of word for word accuracy. You know, obviously though, 
This isn't a binary choice. It's a sliding scale. You can't just translate anything word for word and come out with something that's understandable. Otherwise, I could just as easily carry around a Spanish to English dictionary and say, I know Spanish. Obviously, it doesn't work that way. You know, among the word-to-word -word translations, we often think of the King James, and the committee that translated the King James also had to sacrifice some accuracy, word-for-word -word accuracy, for the sake of readability. Whereas with dynamic equivalent translations, most notably you know, the NIV is in this category, they also are not purely functional translations, versions like you know, the message are closer to that, but the NIV, it sacrifices readability also for its modern day audience for accuracy as well. You know, perhaps the most word for word translation into English of, of the Bible is the Wycliffe from the 1380s, even though it was translated from the Latin Vulgate, but it's hardly English because they tried to be so accurate with the word to word translation. And people joke about things like emoji Bibles or text message Bibles or whatever. So we can also see that people who go so far to make the Bible readable create something that ceases to have any foundation in the original. So the extremes just aren't reasonable. And there's a, a constant push and pull between accuracy to the form of the original and accuracy to the meaning. And that creates an exciting opportunity for us because translating committees all choose to sit somewhere on this spectrum. And we have a collection of translations made using a whole range of philosophies. And even while they agree 95% of the time when English speakers like us find a discrepancy, we can easily check multiple different versions to help us understand. You know, all of that scholarship is already done for us that we can benefit from. So instead of trying to find the best Bible translation, recognize their limits, take advantage of the different translations we have so that you can understand what the original actually means. You know, some people, they look at Bible translations and they use them as reasons for division. They focus on all the discrepancies between them. But in fact, if you spend some time studying for multiple major translations, you'll quickly find that there are in fact far fewer disagreements than critics would like to bring up. You know, we have a reliable Bible translated into English. Of course, we need to study. We need to be watchful of something that strays from the original. But the book that we are holding in our hands is something we can trust and something we can grow roots into. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down, studying God's word with you next time. Hey there, thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word, and I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. It helps us reach more and more people every day with the message of Jesus. Most importantly, though, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.